Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Tweedell, aka Are You Kristen Feminist Scrapbooker. This is the season of experimentation brought to you by the Awesome Ladies Project. Join our free community today at theawesomeladiesproject.com. Hi, Brandy. Hi, how are you? I am very excited to be talking to you. Me too. I think I need this. Yeah, you're one of my favorite people to talk to. That's amazing. Thank you, too. You're very welcome. Okay, so we're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but the first thing we're going to talk about is your new project, and we're going to talk about the word new here and what that actually means, but your new project, Extravagant Hope, and we're really going to tease out the word new here. Can you tell us a little bit about Extravagant Hope in a nutshell before we really talk about what it is, how it came about, and how it's actually been around for quite some time? Yeah. So in its current state, I'll address In its current state, Extravagant Hope is a monthly mailing. Um, It comes in an envelope, and it is packed with the words and designs and things that are printed on cards and prints and postcards, things you can send, things you can put on the wall, stickers, um, other little imagined bits and pieces. Uh, But it all fits inside a five by seven envelope. It comes with a letter from me each month directly to a mailbox. So it's actually physical things coming from me, Um, coming from like my home to yours. It is such a delight to get in the mail. Um, And I have to say, I've gotten both months so far. I've gotten January's. I've gotten February's. Man, every time I think about months and days, I'm like, am I in the right month? Am I in the right day? So I'm like, (laughs) I've gotten January's. I've gotten February's. They have come, of course they have, right? At the exact right time. Yeah. And it's both exactly well it's exactly you which comes from the scrapbooking paper crafting world but also this found objects library lover of things yeah and it just it makes you feel special when you open it And I know we talked about this a long ass time ago. (laughs) You and I got on a call. What was it? Like somewhere between a year and a half and two years ago. I think it was two because it, it actually started three. And I think at two, I was pulling it back into the hopper and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I talked to you about it. So, yeah. And the, th- oh, the thing that I, as soon as I got the first one, the first thing that I wanted to tell you wasn't, oh my God, this is so amazing. Oh my God, I love every single thing about this. The first thing I wanted to tell you was, Brandy, the vision that you put forth in that call two years ago was executed so true. 
everything that you like so faithfully wanted to create. And it wasn't just like the, well, I want to create a piece of paper that's, you know, four inches by six inches. And I want to create a sticker sheet that has seven stickers. But just the feelings. And you do feelings so well. Yeah, feelings are kind of my my jam. (laughs) They are. They are. And okay, so three years in the making. Yeah, three years in the making. Three years. Um, You know, and it wasn't always called Extravagant Hope in my head. Um, It was, I felt I was always putting myself into genres. I make this product and it's used for this type of thing. I make this product and it's used for this type of thing, Uh, which I think can be fantastic. And in the business world, that makes absolute sense. Like, of course, you would make a product for a certain use. Um, But it didn't leave me personally feeling fulfilled or like I was really able to offer people what I really wanted to offer them. And what I wanted to offer them felt really ineffable. Like I just couldn't define this thing. And so I just started thinking concretely, what would I want to give to someone? Like if they were just standing and I handed them something, what would I want to give them? And it was, you know, I want to give them, um, something that I've drawn. I want to give them words. I read so much. I want to share these words. I want to, I want to make them feel like they're not alone. I want to give them hope. Uh, And so I started dreaming it up and I thought, well, maybe I could just send people instead of doing everything digitally, which there's so much benefit to digital products, but it's also really limiting. Um, your market is smaller and not everyone who buys them uses them, which I understand. I forget about files all the time. You have to get them printed. It, there's just a lot tangled up with that. Um, and so I started dreaming about, well, I can just send prints to people. I could just, and it was always just, just, just anything to make it more manageable. And when I started untangling if there was no jest, if there were no limits, if I could actually do whatever I felt like doing, what would it be that I started getting closer to what Extravagant Hope is now? But along the way, I plotted. I mean, I have, this is what I love so much. The first version of this Extravagant Hope was called Hope Begins Here. I released it in November. It was way ahead of schedule. I just kind of felt like I needed to do something immediately. Like I wasn't ready to start Extravagant Hope yet, but I needed to put something out in the world. I felt like we all really needed something. And the envelopes the mailers that those packets went out in were the ones that I purchased three years ago when I thought I purchased them out of this active like blind hope and faith that I was going to make it work I was like well I'll need something to mail this stuff in don't even know how I chose the size or anything I just ordered these this big box of them and I used them like those actually they sat (laughs) for three years just staring at me at my office Um, a little judgmentally, they're rude, you know, but I pulled them back out. And I feel like that's kind of this big step in this whole process um, is that nothing was wasted. Not one ounce of those three years was wasted. I lived three more years of my life messily, um, beautifully. I did made some really bad choices. I made some really good choices. And if extravagant hope is anything other than stubborn, it's mostly stubborn. But if it's anything else, 
it is an accumulation of the life we live that shows us we can do the next stretch. We've already done what we've done. We've made it here. We have proof that we can do the next step. And so that's what I kind of love the most when I think about starting to talk about this lifeline is like, I kind of wish sometimes that it hadn't taken so long. And yet I don't think it could have gone any other way. It needed to take as long as it took for me to really listen to the world and then offer something back in my own voice. That makes complete sense. Especially seeing and feeling and understanding what it is. I mean, there's no way that you can just wake up one day and decide, oh yeah, I'm going to make this... Because what it really feels like is the kind of care package that you would give to like your best friend at camp or the the you know if your friend was like you know infirmed yeah and that doesn't just that that relationship doesn't just happen overnight because you can tell immediately that you have a relationship with what exists in the envelope. And it's not just a product. It's not just a product line. It's not just, you know, these are paper things that I'm sending you because I made these paper things. It's, I want to say it's a message, but it's not just a message. They're just tiny little bits that have so much more than the bit itself put into it. And like you're saying, that doesn't just happen. You have to... There's so many different versions of each tiny little thing that you have to try and then get feedback on, even if it's not that specific thing that you're trying to get feedback on. Yeah. And like, there's so many different things inside of the package that are just so cool <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever described me as cool. I know. You never think that anything that you do is cool. And I think everything that you do is so cool. Um, the library cards that are then oh rotated to be the, I want to call them the Dewey Decimal System cards. Um, the parts, the cards that you put in the. Yeah. The card catalog. The card catalog. That's what it's called. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to call it the rolly drawer system pull. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's the rolly drawer system. Mm -hmm. Those are huge. Those have been in my DNA for this project since the start. Like those have been a piece of this. Um, And those are, that's a really good, um, that's a good tipping point for me because I do have a few rules for Extravagant Hope. So when I started Extravagant Hope, I should put a caveat here. A handful of years ago, not a handful, I'm, now I'm just making up numbers. A few years ago, Extravagant Hope was actually a monthly digital collection in my shop. They're still there. I've left them available. I try to make clear that those are the originals. Um, it was mostly what I was already doing. So um, pr- 
printable cards and things designs that could be used in memory keeping, but you could also do anything with them. But I think that they were mostly used and seen by those who were doing memory keeping projects, scrapbooking and stuff. But I did include every single month a letter in with the files, like there was a full page letter. Whether anyone actually <laughs> knew to go in and read it, that's, you know, who knows, but that was the kind of incarnation. And that has always been one of my most popular offerings in the digital shop. Um, I got a lot of people who really uh, found me and connected with me through Extravagant Hope. And then um, I took what, a year off from that project because I thought, well, I'll do something with it. I don't know what that is yet, but I'm not gonna do another digital offering because I wanna do something different. Um, and I always have really great confidence in myself <laughs> when it's the start of something I'm like yeah I'll do this I didn't spoiler alert um, I just held it really close for a couple more years but I wasn't necessarily planning on carrying over the name extravagant hope just that feeling but one of the first things I knew I wanted to do was to include more voices so my own voice um, I love to write I love to share my thoughts um, and feelings with others but also other people's voices are so intrinsically important to my own. I read so much. I've always been a big reader, not just fiction, but nonfiction and especially poetry. Poetry is a real sticky point for a lot of people. They feel like it's um, cumbersome or it's hard to understand. It's overwhelming. It's not something that a lot of, I won't say a lot of people, it's not something that everyone loves or think they will love. And some of that is just not really connecting with it, not having um, a window or a door to walk through to kind of spend time with it. And so I kept thinking like, it would be so fun to send out these little cards with uh, recommendations. I was already doing it in my Pigeon Post newsletter, the email newsletter, recommending books and things. Um, and so I started dreaming those up. So those are one of the pieces. And I will say this, when I was talking about the rules, one of the rules is that um, if I feel tugged to do something, to put it in extravagant hope. Um, I cannot say like, will people like this? Do people want this? Do people, because that's one, it's a silly question. I can't know, I can't know. I mean, I can't knock on every single person's door and there is no good average. Every single person out there has probably seen one of those Instagram polls where someone's like, should I get this in blue or should I get it in green? And then they show the results the next day and it's like 49% to 51%. Like it's just, we are a complicated mass of people. There is not a consensus and there shouldn't be. Um, so if I'm driving everything I do based on what I am assuming someone will like or don't like or whatever, I'm making judgments for them before they even know. And I'm not being true to what I really want to offer. And if I'm not true to what I want to offer, the project is in the poops from the very beginning. And it took a really long time for me to learn that. I just thought for so long that if I could just figure out what everyone wanted, it would be like, of course I would hit this, you know, um, that's not the way it works. And at least that's not the way it works for me. So I have to decide each time, like, this is something that I feel so committed to. I feel so like, I need to offer you this. Um, and so like the cards are one of those. They are in every single mailer. I try to hit poetry, fiction, and nonfiction in each one. So a little bit of everything. 
One, so that if you are a reader who gravitates towards one of those, great. Here's something that you might love that's already kind of in your wheelhouse. If you are someone who doesn't like one of those or doesn't normally read one of those, here's a line that I think might change your mind. Like I'm going to pull out a line of poetry that might knock on that place in your heart that feels so tightly shut up. Um, so we can open up a little bit. And I, I love the freedom in that. God, I love picking them out every month. The ones for March kill me. Uh, they kill me every month. Let me just, let me stop. Cause I will say that I'll act like each month I've figured something out. That's like cracking the code. Um, and it's because every month I think about it as just that month, the contents of each envelope change. Um, I dream up new things. I think about, I listen to how the world is going which is one thing that's kind of great about doing more of this in real time and not working so, so far ahead. I can be really present to what we might need, what I need, what my friends and family need. Um, but some things stay the same and just change a little. So like the book cards, there's always going to be those in there, but the colors change and who I'm recommending changes. And that feels really great. So that's definitely one of it's formed one of my rules, which is I can't be doing this based on what I'm assuming other people want. Yes. And I think another really important thing about assuming what other people want is that then you are taking away that special thing of giving them what you offer. Yeah. Like the thing that you offer is a gift to them regardless of what they want because they're signing up for what Brandy offers, not what Brandy thinks they want. Yeah. And like that, I think there is a, there could be a line at some point, you know, and I, this is the same thing for me. I get into the same exact rut of like, Oh, well, you know, what should I offer in the membership? What classes should I do this month? What, you know, what should I do with daily pages? You know, what do the people want? And it's like, Kristen, they're signing up to be with you. Are you Kristen feminist scrapbooker? If they wanted to be, you know, if they wanted to just learn regular basic scrapbooking or, you know, something else, they'd go into Google and type, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, us giving them the bespoke specific experiences that we as unique individuals can offer them. And that could very well be different if we were, you know, scrapbook.com or Hallmark or something. But thank God we're not. Right. We're us. Right. And that lets us do these cool things. Right. And when we get caught up in, well, what do the people want? Well, the people want us. And if they and don't, they, they can go somewhere else. And we are the people. I think that's something, too, that we learn is that we are beside each other in this. So by default, we are in some way 
the more we are um, open to each other and listening to each other and living life beside each other, the more chance that what I am feeling tugged to offer is also what that other person needs or wants. Um, Because I'm hearing and listening and I read the comments and I see the posts that people share and um, the responses that I get to things. And of course I'm reading the news and I'm paying attention to the world. And when we do that, I think we are hearing what people want in ways that they cannot always tell us. Maybe that's the, uh, because I can't always tell someone what I want or need. And I'm pretty, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about how I'm feeling and how things are going and what I need and what I'm doing. And even with that kind of introspection, there are things that I cannot articulate that I do not know, but someone who is close to me, someone who listens to me, who takes up space beside me, you know, figuratively and physically, that person hears what I'm not saying and knows to provide certain things. And I think that's what we can continue doing. It's when we try so specifically to mold that into a business function where we're like, okay, I'm going to take that and I'm going to figure out exactly the right thing. Um, That I think some people honestly can tap into that and do it really well. They can look at trends and they can, you know, follow things and, and do that in really amazing ways. One, I am not, I am absolutely not that person. Um, And two, not all projects are meant to be that way. And it's really important that we're able to identify which projects aren't meant to be that way. Because when we don't, we do a disservice to them. We do a disservice to ourselves and to the person who is the customer or the community that we're offering it to. And extravagant hope is that type of thing for me. I spent so long trying to figure out how to make it make sense. Like how I'm not going to launch it until I can really explain what this is. And I can really kind of define, you know, you have this need and here's what I'm offering. And when it finally came time this year to do it, all of that kind of fell away because you asked me, we were on a podcast together and it was in the fall. It was fall. Who knows? It was sometime that was not now. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, and you said, do you have anything you want to promote or talk about that you're doing? And I said, no, no, is that okay? Can we not, I don't, I don't have anything to, to sell or offer people or, um, and then we talked and like a week or two later, I launched. It was right after. Yeah, yeah. Um, because all of the sudden, It just didn't need to be perfect to get done. I didn't have to understand it. I just had to trust that I have something I really, really want to share. And I'm just going to share it. And I'm going to figure out how to make that work along the way, which is terrifying. I don't want anyone to think that that was some beautiful, magical moment. And I felt peace and calm and whole. I felt super nauseous and I freaked out a lot. And all of a sudden this three-year project of hemming and hawing and going back and forth came to life. It just needed to happen whether or not anyone was ever going to sign up. Um, And I want to be really honest about this. Every single month when I open spots, I fret and fear 
that I won't sell them, that no one will sign up, that people are done with this. And I say that not because I want anyone to make me feel better, but because I think a lot of us feel that way and we don't want to admit to it because we're supposed to be so strong and confident and I've got this and of course I've got something you want and you know, no, oh my gosh, I'm a hot mess. Every time I open up those spots, I think this is it. This is it. I've got to figure out my new career. Um, and then every time those mailers go out and someone sends me a message about what it meant for them to get it, I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm totally nauseous for a whole day or a week or whatever, and I'm nervous and I'm fearful because, oh my gosh, this is the thing. It is not the perfect execution. It is me tethering myself to other people. Sorry, that was a lot. I get, I think I feel, I think I might feel a little passionate about this project. Well, first off, apology not <laughs> accepted. Second, I get it. Like, I, first off, I understand because I get them and I feel that in getting them. And knowing you the way that I know you, and getting these things like the um the last one had a foldable mailer mm -hmm. that you could just send and i was like mm -hmm. yeah and it just they're just things you could you open it up and you know even if you i could hand it to my mom and my mom doesn't know you. I mean, I'm sure she's listened to the old episodes of the podcast now because her new, her new thing in quarantine is they got they got a new car, and it has all the, the cool audio stuff. So she listens to the podcast when she drives around in the car because she needs to get out of the house. So she'll drive around in the car and listen <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah. So she'll she might know you through episodes of the podcast now. I don't know how many she's listened to. But like, I could hand my mom the envelope. And she could be like, oh, I could see the, like, where this is derived from, and I could see where this comes from, and, like, not even knowing you the way that I know you, because, like, I know where, like, the things that, I know some of your stories of how you've come into contact with lovely things, and yeah. why things mean so much to you. But even somebody who doesn't could pick up the package and see how much thoughtfulness was put into each piece as opposed to like, and like not to knock any, anyone else's products at all, because products take so much time and care to create, but there's lots of times where you can like go into a stationary store and, you know, you pick out, like, a, like, there's just, like, a kit of, like, oh, yeah, this has lots of little papers and cards in it and stuff. And, you know, here it is for, like, 30 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Like, you open up your package and it's, like, oh, no. This is, it's just a gift. And then you can just reuse all the pieces. It's, like, you got a present. And now you get to give all of these things as presents. Like you get to put some of them 
in your scrapbook. Like all of my letters go into my, I have a, um, I'm doing a, it's a TN size. It's the Citrus Twist TN albums. Mm-hmm. Those for are so good. My, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. And you get to have all the different colors. Yeah. It makes, it makes me so happy. <laughs> um, that's my chronological albums. Each month gets the al- gets, gets your letter in them. A page oh, gets the letter. Yeah. Because like, what else am I going to do with them? I'm going to want to look back on them and see the letters. And then the bookmark from last month. I gave it to Jeff because he asked, like, oh, do you have a bookmark the other, like a month ago? And I was like, I mean, I have paper. I have lots of different things. And then the bookmark came and I gave it to him. He's like, it's a real bookmark. <laughs> and I was like, I know. Isn't it so great? And they're just like, there are bits that you can give to other people or you can have around the house that when you pick them up again, it's like, oh, okay. You get tied back to, like, I personally get tied back to you and our friendship because mm-hmm. that's my relationship with it. And whatever relationship that you have to the bits and the items, it draws that closer. And I know for, for a lot of people, especially people who are listening to the show, one of the reasons that we are memory keepers or we document our lives is because memories are important to us Mm -hmm. and having those tiny little things to help us come back to memories. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. Yeah. It really, it means something to to have a bookmark from a friend or to have a bookmark and use that bookmark through an entire book that you loved. Because yeah. you see that print and it's like, oh, okay, I was on page 47. This happened on page 47. And you associate the print with the story. Yeah. And then you can bring that bookmark to another story. Maybe it's a whole series. And it just becomes part of you and and you're creating these little bits that you know like you were saying digital things are very cool they're very useful you can Mm -hmm. send them all over the world but there's really just something cool about holding things in your hand yeah I am one as a friend I am incredibly proud of you Two, as a customer, I feel really, really lucky. Well, that's an incredible compliment. Um, Everything you said, just, I was sitting here, no one can see my face, but I'm like beaming and smiling because it's exactly kind of uh, my intention for this. Uh, So I think about what I'm putting in those envelopes as like little breadcrumbs that will bring you back to hope. Um, I always include, so if I get, let me break this down a little bit. So you get the five by seven envelope. I already mentioned you get a full page letter for me. That never changes. Um, I write them, I print them out, I sign them. Um, I sign each one, not that probably anyone cares that I've hand signed it, uh, but because it's like my way of touching one more piece. Um, every month has the book cards that we talked about. I do 
um, you know, five by seven prints. So you can have something that you put up on your wall that you can see, you know, or send to someone else. I do four by six prints. So they're smaller and you can use them in projects. And I always put a postcard markings on the back because one, why not use this space? And two, I really want to encourage people that, you know, not everything in that envelope, you're going to feel like this is the most perfect thing for me. But I hope that you say like, oh, but this is the most perfect thing for so-and-so. Um, and that you can share the pieces that are in there. Um, I include, I love stickers, obviously. That part of me has never died. Like Lisa Frank is still running through my veins um, pretty, pretty deep. And so there are stickers, uh, which I try to keep in mind, like not just you need extra stickers to put places, but what does the sticker mean? What does it remind you of? What is it? Um, I love putting words on them, obviously words on everything, but also just an image that kind of brings you back to a memory or place like you were talking about. And then I really like to get creative. Um, the bookmark was so fun. I use bookmarks like crazy. I was so I wanted to include one of those, the folded letter sheet, which is you know, what I used to take from my grandma's house when I was little. And I included little packets. Um, I've done this for, I did it for the fall one too, of uh, vintage uh, postage stamps. Uh, so if you're in the US, you can use them to mail it. If you're abroad, then you could use it for other projects. They're, they're cute. Uh, but some of those postage stamps come from my dad's collection. And he would be thrilled that they are going out in the world to people and that they might be of use um, to people, but that's just another way that I can say, like, this is something I love. I love old postage stamps. I love that we can still use them. I love that beautiful things can also be of use. So here's a few of them to make this possible. Um, I'm going to, I don't know when this will air, but I'm going to give something away. It's hard because I try to keep these under wraps until most people get them, which is not a perfect science because international shipping these days is a weird, <laughs> weird beast. Um, but I am just gonna give away something for March. For March, I was thinking so much about, I've been feeling a lot of little anxieties lately about very real things that are happening. And then just my own like worrying ahead. I like to borrow trouble. I like to borrow trouble. And this last year or two has given me plenty of reasons why, you know, what I'm borrowing might come true. And so working with my hands is such a way to ground myself back. I think it's why so many of us are memory keepers or art journalers, or we move our hands, we knit, we sew, um, and we tether ourselves to the world in a better way. And so I was thinking of all those things. And one of the ways that I've done that since I was little is through this one origami fold that I learned in elementary school. It's this little, like, depending on where you see it, it's called like a water balloon or a box or just a balloon. I learned it from my best friend in elementary school. When I asked him what it was supposed to be, he said, whatever you want it to be. Of course, I mean, of course. And it is the one fold I know by heart. I can do it without ever looking at the paper. You know, it's not as cute as a crane. I get that. Um, but it's, it's something that I do with my hands uh, to bring me back to the world. And so in March, I, and Kristen, I'll show it to you. You can see it on the screen. I illustrated the instructions for how to do that on one side of the card. I wrote up the story about what this is and what I hope for you. And I'm including some sheets of origami paper so that there's no reason not to get started, not to move our hands, not to put our body into practice for something that takes a couple minutes to do. Um, those are the type of things that 
it's not about this is the perfect thing for a memory keeper. This is the perfect thing for someone who uses their planner. It's this is something that I as a human want to give you as a human to remind us that we're going to be okay and we're going to be okay because we're going to keep participating in the world around us whether it's folding paper or protesting or whatever that looks like, we're going to keep participating in the world. And so that's one of the pieces of extravagant hope is um, hope is not cuddly and cute. I have never gone on record as saying it's this fluffy, lovely, everything's going to be okay. Hope to me is who even knows if everything's going to be okay, but I still want to be here trusting the trying that I'm doing and making it work. Um, and so that's one of those pieces. And so each month I get to kind of just imagine. And I include all of these other little hidden things. You always get a pep talk that's sealed away for when you need it. Um, you know, I've got a different one. This time you get two that are kind of little mystery notes. Things that just will bring us joy and be compassionate to our hearts in a time that's not always the most compassionate. That's one of my favorite things about you is that you are not afraid to say things suck, but like we're here and we're going to deal with it. Yeah. I, it's just the truth. Like, you know, we don't have a choice in the matter, but like, what are we going to do? Not. Right. We're here. I right. mean, we're here. We're here. We have the ability and the wherewithal to do it. So Let's do it. Yeah. And we're going to learn some really cool shit while we're doing it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Like, hard times suck. They really do. But also, sometimes the good times kind of suck, too. We That's don't true. talk about that. Right. Um, And I think... That I love that you talk about that. I love that we talk about together that we can do hard things. You know, we're actually pretty good at doing hard things. And we can do hard things with smiles on our faces. We can do hard things with, you know, frowns. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get through it. And, you know, there are flowers, there are weeds. We'll, we'll make our way through the flowery weed forest. <laughs> yes. And we'll get there. Yeah. This project is awesome. Let's tell people where they can find it. Yes. <clears throat> so I have a shop, theshinybits.com, which that name confuses everyone. When I made that shop years ago, it made sense. I mean, it's from a poem by Margaret Atwood, but theshinybits.com. I have a link in my Instagram profile. Um, there is also a link on my webpage, which is brandykincaid.com. I don't update the webpage as much, but there are links to where you can get to it. And I open up spots every single month. I mail them out on the 14th of the month. Um, so you kind of buy them, you know, you buy one in February, it ships on March 14th. And then I do the whole shebang over again. And it is absolutely wonderful. I love getting mine every month. It is it's just really delightful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the first episode in our three-part series with Brandy Kincaid. Brandy and I will be back next week with another great episode.